1: It's time for School,
0: Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. You're not cool and hip and a throwback because you sent a cassette. Uh Send a compact disc. Uh None of us have cassette players in our cars anymore.
1: (laughs) And Chad P. I'm not lying to you. I got a CD in the mail the other day that was written on in Magic Marker with tickets to the next show and a plastic sheriff badge.
0: Class is in. The United States government has raised the rock and roll level to orange. Thus, rock school is on the air. We're trying to do our part here. (laughs) My name is Joe Burns. I am a professor right here in the uh, communication department, Southeastern Louisiana University. What's your name there, kiddo? Chad P. All right. Now, today's show is going to be one that I've never experienced, you've never experienced, but I've got a neat book, and I did a little bit more research into it, and hopefully we can help any aspiring rock stars that are out there. Do you remember a band from the 1980s called Keel? K-E-E-L. Kill. As in, I kill you. No, no, uh, as in the thing that's underneath a boat. I got you. No, 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 no. No, okay. The lead guitarist of that band was named Mark Ferrari. Okay. Yeah, I'm guessing his last name really isn't Ferrari. I <laughs> guess that was something <laughs> the he stage chose. stage name. He wrote a book called Rockstar 101, A Rockstar's Guide to Survival and Success in the Music Business. Oh, cool. I want to be a rock star. Read this. That's right. It gives you basically tips on how to get from here to there. It's really interesting because it lays out what you have to do and what you as a rock star will do with your life if you actually get out on the road. Uh It also talks about legally what has to happen and tips on how to get yourself signed. I also did some additional research into how do you put together a press packet and things like that and created a list of music about the business itself. So just for fun today, (laughs) we'd look into it. If we're going to talk about Mark Ferrari and we're going to look at his book, is this guy worth listening to?
1: Well, I guess you got to play his band out of respect. Yeah, we got to find
0: out. In 1985, Gene Simmons decided to grab this group, Keel, and produce them. Oh, yes. They put on an album called The Right to Rock. And believe it or not, that was the, I know, it was the 1980s. Lots and lots of hair, you know, and and really fast guitars. He was the lead guitarist, and we're going to play The Right to Rock. Now, how do I see this guy? How do I today get a look at him? Get a hold of Wayne's World. Mm -hmm. He was the guitarist in Tia Carrera's band Critical Taunt. Oh, cool. So if you want to get a look at this guy, that's where you'll find him. Right now, he licenses music for TV and movie soundtracks. Mm -hmm. That's how he makes his money now. But in 1985, for about six years, he was the lead guitarist of Keel, and they opened up for some pretty big groups. This was their first single, however. Put your hands in the air. It's the 1980s. This is the right to rock, Keel on rock school good
1: oh, god was that 80s? There's a chapter in his book about leather pants. <laughs> yeah, man, you can't get more 80s than that. I tell you in the book it has a lot of
0: pictures of them on stage and it was just that. It looked like, you know, young Bon Jovi. It uh-huh. looked like every other 1980s heavy metal band that came out of
1: the Sunset Strip and it just it looked like young Poison. It mm-hmm. looked like all of that. I'm sure it's an entertaining read, it but is. it probably wouldn't apply to today's standards. Oh, in I rock. think so. Do you do you really? Oh, I think so. But I think it's so it does. different. It's so different than just 30 years ago in the 80s, Doc. Oh, I think it applies real well because he stays
0: very uh, very wide open. Very, uh, He doesn't get very specific on things. Uh-huh. But he does talk about what you and the band have to decide. Mm-hmm. We are talking once again about the Mark Ferrari of Kiel book, Rockstar 101, A Rockstar's Guide to Survival and Success in the Music Business. It's a little farther in in the book, but he has here... What does your world look like when you are a rock star? Now, he's talking about his life. Now, Mm -hmm. he was an opening band. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what the day looks like. From 8 o'clock to 8.45, you're on stage. Now, it's only a 45-minute gig. You're the opening band. This is at night. This is at night. Okay. From 8 to 8.45, you're on stage. 8.45 to 9 o'clock, shower. Yeah. 9.15 to 11, post-gig stuff. That's where you meet the contest winners and all of that and load up. Yep. 11 to midnight, food. 12 to 8 a.m., you're on the road going to the next place. Mm -hmm. You either listen to that night show or you sleep. Mm -hmm. 8 to 10 a.m., arrival, check in, maybe catch some more sleep. 10 to 11, breakfast. 11 to 2, there's your free time. You get three hours free time. That's it. That's where you maybe do laundry, maybe go to music store, maybe make some phone calls. From two to five, it's all promotion. You gotta go out there and you know beat the bushes. Right. Radio stations, in-store appearances, that kind of stuff. Five to six thirty, back check. at the venue, sound check, dinner, uh-huh. six thirty to eight to the hotel shower maybe stay at the venue maybe do another sound check eight o'clock you're back on stage and you do it all over again that's
1: exciting man six i'd like to days do that a week.
0: i gotta believe it is exciting for probably the first month and then and then after a while <laughs> and you gotta know this 12 to 8 a.m on the road mm-hmm. you are in a, if you're the opening band you're not flying on aerosmith's plane oh
1: no you you're looking to have a bus yeah you're, you're probably you're, in a camper you got it you're crammed in there you're in the camper from
0: the guy on the that thing you do that's right you're <laughs> you with 10 other guys on a high protein diet Woo. if you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah now i decided to play nothing but songs about the business mm-hmm. we'll come back with more information from this rockstar 101 book the stroke by billy squire the songs about all these people coming up to him and saying you're really great you're really great you're really wonderful that's what he calls the stroke here's billy squire right here rock school hey.
1: Hey, Doc, talking about being on the road, um, a couple of bands that I actually had the pleasure of, of being involved with uh, through the radio station whenever yeah. they would come to play, you know, not mm-hmm. big names, but uh, I noticed that a lot of them prior to going on stage, they'll spend a lot of time on the phone. Probably talking to loved ones and whatnot. But we got to go over there and hang out with them after sound check, and a few of them would watch uh, some sports on television. But for the most part, they're outside just back and forth on the phone. Yeah, trying Uh. to get in touch with people that are back there. One of the things he states in this Rockstar
0: 101 if you don't roll your phone calls Uh into your rider, Uh you'll spend a ton of money on long distance calls. So what you have to do is roll into your rider the fact that I want a phone backstage that has long distance call abilities. Uh Uh-huh. and I want to have unlimited long-distance calls. That's it's, smart. Yeah, it's not a difficult thing to get, but if you don't ask for it... You don't get it. Yeah, you don't get it, and you're yep. either making collect calls or you're spending a lot of money on those little cards. Oh, yeah, and, yeah,
1: we had we talked about that during the writer's show. If
0: you don't ask for it, you don't you get don't it. You don't get it, and they're not going to give you anything because the house wants to get as much money as possible into their pocket. Sure. He also states, he, uh, Mark Ferrari, states, what about drugs? Are drugs done on the road? He states, yes, they're done, but not as much as you think, Uh because the bands that do them basically blow apart. The bands that do them can't keep up the schedule. Uh Now, he also states there are exceptions to the rules. Sure, sure. There are exceptions to the rules. But for the most parts, the bands that are most successful, they just don't do them Mm -hmm. because you can't do it and keep up. The
1: you know the, the the grind that it takes. Well, no, I mean look at that schedule that you just spouted off right there. I mean that takes a lot out of a straight man. Sure, and if you're on and if you're
0: high all the time, sure, you can't even imagine going on going on stage. And the thing about it is, if you don't give your people that come to see you every night a hundred percent, you're going to get that bad rep. Absolutely, and it's not going to go. It
1: doesn't take long for bad publicity to travel to follow
0: you. What about trashing hotels? According to him, new bands, oh, yeah, they'll do it. They'll do it once, maybe twice. And then the business manager will walk up and go, you know, you have to pay for that. <laughs> and he'll hand them the bill. And that pretty much puts the end to them trashing the hotel. Because it's really fun to say, you know, well, the Who did it. Van Halen did it. Let's tape fish to the ceiling. Let's throw the television out the window. You know, let's, let's super glue the sheets to the ceiling. Well... You're out of the town after it happens. Right. Then they summarize a bill to fix it all. Right. It arrives by fax at the next gig, yeah. and all of a sudden, the money you made on the next gig yeah. is gone. Right.
1: Yeah. So. I wouldn't do something because Van Halen did it because I don't have Van Halen money. <laughs> That's right. To fix it, I would probably be stupid enough to do something because Van Halen. You would. Did it. Yeah, I could see you doing that. I would tape
0: fish to the ceiling, <laughs> but it would be in your room. Right. Another thing he said that was really nice. Punk. There is no such thing as an overnight sensation. Huh? It may look that way, that there's an overnight sensation. This band came out of the clear blue sky. Nobody makes it without paying their dues. And furthermore, he also states... All these people that run to California, that run to Chicago, that run to wherever, Yeah. he says out of a hundred bands or out of a thousand bands, there's really only 1% that's worth listening to. Mm -hmm. And the people will find you. If you are that good, you will be found. (gasps) So if you are that good, you will look like the overnight sensation, but you ain't getting there without putting in your dues. Let's play somebody that paid their dues. Sugarloaf. Hey, man, don't call us. We'll call you. Rock school.
1: A long distance, directly assistance, every quote, two on two, say, hey, am I?
0: That's cool. That's sugar loaf. Don't call us. We'll call you. I love this topic, man. I yeah. Mean, all the stuff. I may take this and apply it. Yep. I, I just don't have the time anymore to put into a band. I just remember that when the band I was in in college, we would only play for like two hours. Uh-huh. But it took two hours to set up. Oh, it no, took no. two hours to tear down. So it was a six-hour gig. Mm-hmm. And if we started playing at 9 o'clock, we would be done by you know midnight because mm-hmm. there was a break in there. And we'd always play two or three additional songs. And then the tear down. Luckily, I was only the guitarist. The drummer,
1: goodness, <laughs> it me, took him forever. On that note, let me ask you a question. You guys probably had a nice little following, right? Well, I, I don't know that it was a following. We were just the next band that was there. But people knew who you were. I guess. And you would kind of sort of see the same faces every now and then. Now and again. We had a band that we kind of followed around when I was in college. Yeah. And speaking of the drums, like, I volunteered to take the guy's drums from his house to a gig one time in my blazer. And we would just follow this band because we loved them. In your opinion, you know, as a, from a fan's perspective, you're like, yeah, my band's playing, man. I follow this band everywhere. Yeah. From the band's perspective... Obviously, you appreciate the the appreciation for your music, yeah. but don't you think they ever get tired? Of like, oh god, I gotta look at that guy again tonight. Oh, those guys are gonna be there. They come to every show. They kind of get on my nerves. Maybe, but those are the people that also pay the cover
0: charges. Those are the people that buy the drinks. And if nobody comes and pays the cover charge and nobody buys the drinks, you don't get invited back to that bar. This is true. Yeah. If there's nobody out there, I mean, there's nothing worse than coming out. And this has happened. <laughs> you know, it, it happened to me. Yeah. You come out and you go. You Hello, Cleveland. Where is everybody? And you're playing to the bartender and two waitresses who are really angry at you because there's no tips. I mean, without, without people, there's nobody to play to, but you're upsetting the manager, the barkeep. The waiters and the waitresses. Because
1: you couldn't draw a
0: crowd. Yeah, you didn't draw anybody, and you, you know you can make as much as you want about it. You know, well, look, it's a Tuesday night. I don't care. <laughs> you know, you're a cover band. You're supposed to bring people in, right? So you're gonna upset them. So when we get back, we're gonna talk about when you start a band, a partnership agreement should be entered into. And you can see why a lot of bands exploded, because they didn't enter into this agreement. Hello there, WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. How you doing? Hello, KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana, where nearly every rock and roll band got its start. It did. I understand Van Halen got started there in Shreveport. In Shreveport. That's right. They got signed by Mo Austin in Shreveport. (laughs) Unbelievable. Friend us on Facebook. We'd love to have you. Go on Facebook and do this little search, Rock School Radio Show. You will find us back in a minute with more on the book. Here, Rock School. This is Rock School as we talk about the book Rockstar 101, A Rockstar's Guide to Survival and Success in the Music Business. Even if you're never in a band, it's really a fun read because it talks about all the things that should have been done. Now, let's say we start a band. Okay. And, you know, you don't have to do this right off the bat. If you're just opening your garage just so the pretty girl on the street comes by and gets to dance a little bit out in front of your garage, you know, who cares? But if you're starting to actually have a touch of success, you may want to do this. The band may want to enter into what Mark Ferrari calls a partnership agreement. With who? Everybody in the band. Everybody in the band should make this decision. Number one, everybody's role in the band. Uh Uh-huh. The concept of who gets what. Is there somebody who writes all the songs in the band? And if so, does that person get all the royalties for the songs? Mm. Like Van Halen decided that even though that Eddie and and Dave were the main writers of the songs, they would share the royalties equally. Well, I would think so. No, it doesn't happen that way at all. In all bands. Why not? Well, let's say in the Go-Go's, I know that um, the guitarist, I can't think of her name right now, but the rhythm guitarist wrote most of the songs. So? And they... They said to her, you know, stop taking all the royalties. And her statement was, we'll write songs. Same thing happened with Triumph. No, you write the song and I play it. So that's not the way it, it works all the time. Well, that's what you have to work out in this partnership agreement, because you can yeah. see later on, it would start to tear the band apart. People are not purchasing you reading your lyrics Buy your dry, you know? Well, that's what you got to work out. Second, responsibilities. Who's responsible for what? Is some person going to make the drawings for the band? Is some person going to act as a roadie for the band? What's going to happen? You have to do that. All right. Third, a buyout. What? Let's say somebody's being a jerk in the band and we want to kick them out. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Can you buy them out for a buck? Can you buy them out for a percentage? How do you get them out of the band that's what the buyouts are. Hmm. Ownership of name. How many times have you heard about bands that have exploded and everybody in the band says, well, we own the name. And you've got like three different, you know, death tongues. Huh. You have to denote who owns the name. Third, or I guess what it would be, fifth now, penalties for doing wrong. Think penalties. about that. You got a guy in the band that will not get on the bus on time. You got a guy in the band that just will not get on stage unless he's drunk. You got to penalize this guy for doing wrong because he's hurting you. Hmm. So you got to lay out what the penalties are. And then finally, payment of debt. You got a guy that will not stop trashing rooms. You got a guy that will not stop screwing up at gigs. You got a guy that will not stop doing things that are causing you debt in the band. Hmm. How is that done? Do you take it out of his royalties? Do you dock his pay? What do you do? And this all has to be agreed to, and it has to be signed, and it has to be notarized, and it has to be done in a partnership agreement throughout the band. If not, verbal agreements don't hold up in court. Okay. That's got to be signed by Well, that everybody. makes sense. You yes, know what I would does. do?
1: The first thing I would do. What was that? I would make sure that my band has an odd number of guys. Why? So that I can bring it to a vote. Oh, and the vote will always
0: come flat. The vote will
1: always come flat.
0: Well, it would actually have to be an even number of guys. Why? Because if one guy is the one that you're going after, you take that guy out, then the even number of guys becomes an odd number of guys. That's why you're the professor. There you go. <laughs> it's a grand illusion. That's what music is. Here's Sticks. Rock School. illusion Sticks right here on Rock School. Dennis DeYoung. About, oh, yeah. who think he
1: uh, did his partnership agreement? Well, he got
0: kicked out. Really? He did he get kicked, it kicked it. out? He, he did. Out. They were going to go on tour, but he actually said to the band, I might need a little bit of time because I have some kind of light uh, I guess, what would you call it? Light uh, allergy? Mm-hmm. He couldn't be up under lights. And the band looked at him and said, we've had it with you. He was a bit of a pain to them, a, a good bit of the way through the band's history. Yeah. And when they finally looked at him and said, I'm sorry, light, you can't be up under the lights. You're <laughs> a rock star. I mean, what, what are we going to do? Shade you? Yeah, you could and uh, said, tour with Tool. I guess. So the whole <laughs> thing's dark. But right. they basically said to him, we're tired of waiting for you. Wow. And they replaced him. Bought kicked him out. I'm not sure how it happened, but kicked him out of the band. Hmm. Done. Gone. And uh, J.Y. Young, the guitarist, has said numerous times that it will be a cold day and you know where before Dennis DeYoung pff, comes back into the band. Where? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Down let me ask under. you something right
1: really quick. You're talking about the name. So, like, he can't go and perform as Styx. He can say Dennis DeYoung of, of Sticks, So that's okay. Right. But he
0: cannot be Sticks. Right. The band owns Sticks. But he
1: can still put Sticks in the of title sticks. of the concert, Dennis DeYoung of Sticks. That's right. Like John Fogarty
0: can, can tour as John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival, and the remaining members can go as Creedence Clearwater Revival Revisited. Right. Yeah, So, and that's all been worked out legally. Cool deal. Doing that up front will save you a whole lot of legal headaches later. Yeah. Welcome to the bottom of the hour. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Chad P. Let's do 7 Days and 70 Seconds, Monday, October 4th through Sunday,
1: October 10th. Do it. Oh, I always get the death. Here we go. <laughs> October 4th in 1970 is when Janis Joplin died from her overdose of alcohol and drugs. She was 27 years young. Tuesday, October 5th, 80 years ago, the New York Philharmonic Orchestra makes its radio debut in a live performance from Carnegie Hall on CBS Radio. October 6th, that's a Wednesday in 2010, but in 1980, Sex Pistols singer Johnny Lydon is arrested for his role in a ballroom brawl in Dublin, Ireland. They have brawls in Ireland. They Imagine do. that. We just fight here.
0: (laughs) Thursday, October 7th, five years ago, pop star Boy George is arrested in his home in New York City for 3.5 grams of Coke. Only 3.5? Yeah, he didn't like the flake very much.
1: (laughs) October 8th in 1980, while rehearsing for an upcoming U.S. tour with Stevie Wonder, Mr. Bob Marley collapsed and was subsequently diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, it ended up killing him. Saturday,
0: October 9th, 30 years ago, despite Rock and Roll Part 2 being played at every single solitary sports event ever... Gary Glitter files for bankruptcy. And Sunday, October 10th, 45 years ago, the Supremes make their debut on the Ed Sullivan Show. And that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds. Okay. Bankruptcy? A couple, yeah. What? Well, that's the least of his worries, if you know the story of Gary Glitter. From Rockstar101, real quick, tips for the road, things that you should do. Some of them are very, very smart. <laughs> Always take your hotel card when you leave. So Why? you can say to a cabbie, take me here. Oh, I don't know where I am. Nice. Take me here. <laughs> never go out alone. That makes sense. Yeah. Have must have things with you at all points in time. The two he says are really, really needed toilet paper and toothpaste. Oftentimes those aren't offered. Hmm. Uh, think paperwork safety. Always have your passport. Keep a scrapbook because it simply will not last forever. That's a good idea. Hmm. And here are the two that he says will save your life. Number one, never touch mayonnaise. Period. You have no idea how long it's been sitting there, and never eat seafood or fish that you don't see being cooked right in front of you. Those two Those will save you. Those are the two you. main ones. <laughs> Those will save you serious problems, good grief. <laughs> Joe Walsh, life's been good to me so far. Rock school. At this point on the Rock School Radio Show, we've been talking about Rockstar 101 by Mark Ferrari of Kiel, formerly of the rock group Keel. I did some more research uh, and brought up a couple other places. Here is a neat little site called Getting Signed, How to Get Your Demo Past the Intern. Uh-huh. Meaning you want to go to a record company and say, <laughs> all right, look, I am your next big thing. Right. This woman named Christine Gendro, I guess that's how it's said, J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U, Christine Gendro, is a production assistant at Harmonix. And she was also an A&R assistant at many record labels and started as an intern at a music promotion company. Okay. She decided to say, okay... Let me tell you what happens when your <laughs> demo arrives. Mm-hmm. Number one, she says, have a proper press kit, professional photos. Don't snap something and do it on Photoshop yourself. <laughs> Pay a guy or a woman to do it. Professional resume. Again, Have it done professionally. Don't do it yourself. Make sure you have references we can contact. Tell us where you're going to be so we can come see you. If you have a reference, make sure it's a person in the business. Don't tell me your aunt thinks you're wonderful. Okay. (laughs) Number two, send a compact disc. Don't send a cassette. You're not cool and hip and a throwback because you sent a cassette. Uh Send a compact disc. Uh None of us have cassette players in our cars anymore. (laughs) Okay? Cool deal. If you offer the album, offer selected tracks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Offer a short, concise letter, like half a page, that we can quickly read while your CD is loading. Make sure it offers relevant info and your web site. And speaking of web, have a website. (laughs) Don't give me a MySpace or a Facebook page. Those aren't professional. My 13-year-old kid can create a MySpace or a Facebook page. Very nice. Make a website. And finally, at least this break, I have more. We'll, Uh We'll do it over another break. But finally in this break, tell us what makes your band unique. And for goodness sake, I love the writing, and for goodness sake, never compare yourself to any other band that's out there right now. We're just like you 2 You know what? U2's been signed. We don't need another U2. Oh, can I
1: get a copy of that? I want to post it on my station website. Love I'm it. not lying to you. I got a CD in the mail the other day that was yeah? written on in magic marker oh. with tickets to the next show and a plastic sheriff badge. Yeah, that's not good. I'm not lying. A sheriff's badge. I don't need no stinking badge to play your song. You know, it's a long way to the top if you want to
0: rock and roll. Here's ACDC. Rock School. AC/DC, or as my roommate in college used to call him, AC-DAC. Act-DAC. Never understood that, uh, but that's fine. How you doing, Man? That was his nickname. All right, you want to hear the rest of them from uh, Christine Gendro? I do, but we got to take a break. Okay, well, let me do them real quick. Okay, go ahead. Next thing you should tell us. What contests and awards have you won? Believe it or not, this has a great deal of merit if you've won Battle of the Bands. Okay. Especially if you've won them in places we've heard of. Mm-hmm. Next, tell us any live gigs near the agent office so we can come see you if you intrigue us Send us tickets mm-hmm. if it's upcoming. Yeah. So your your sheriff's badge people actually did a good thing. Yeah. And here are the big three. Pick an interesting and sellable name. Ooh. The big thing about a name is that it has to be something that's sellable and good and can't be misinterpreted mm-hmm. as something dirty, silly, goofy. Mm-hmm. So pick a good name for your band. Mm-hmm. Number two. Record a demo that captures you live or captures you correctly. Right. If your letter apologizes for your demo and states, we can only be captured live, you're done. (laughs) Your demo doesn't capture you, you're done. And finally, include all your contact information, all of it. Every member of the band, where we can get you. If Smoke Signals will get you, let us know because we will only try once. Wow. And if that can't get you, the end.
1: Get us, get us, get us at KLSU, ladies and gentlemen, on the Tiger Radio Network. And Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain, we've got a resume up there waiting. That's right, that's right, and we sent it along with a real interesting name, Joe and
0: Chad. Right. Yeah, that's right, kind of like Simon and Garfunkel. We think it's clever. Back in a minute, Rock School. Okay, 10 minutes left on the show right here on Rock School. I want you to take a look at this spreadsheet. It's online. Search The Problem With Music by Steve Albini. He's a, a, a rock record producer. The one you'll probably know him having produced is Nirvana's In Utero. Oh, cool. Okay? Mm-hmm. He breaks it down note for note, and I I have nowhere near the amount of time to talk about how he breaks the money down. And even if I had the time, it would get very boring on the radio Mm -hmm. breaking it down. But he basically shows if a rock band gets a deal and is given a quarter million advance, Yeah. how quickly, there's the run, how quickly it gets eaten up in fees Whoa. and advancements and things like that. Look at all Lawyers this. Lawyers fees, management fees, uh, the practice, and new instruments, Director's that kind fee, of thing. album, artwork. Sure, and how it people look at it and, and, and bands sign these things and they say, that's amazing, and look at all the money I can make and see how much we got. Look at all the money that's spent. Yeah, when the balance sheet is done, It says here if the if the band sells a quarter million records, Mm -hmm. in total gross income is over one and a half million dollars. Here's how it breaks down: the record company makes seven hundred and ten thousand, the producer makes ninety k, the manager makes fifty one k, studio makes fifty two k, the previous label that had you he factors that in Mm -hmm. makes fifty, agent makes seventy five hundred, lawyer makes twelve hundred. In a band with four people, after touring for six months, yeah. They make $4,031.25 a piece what? after a quarter million dollar advance. They would have made more money had they worked at a 7-Eleven or a Circle K for those six months. But, but they got the put- to be rock stars and they got to ride on a bus. <laughs> and if they continue because of the secondary advances uh-huh. by the end of the second album, they'll be in the hole. So, once again, go take a look at it. The Problem with Music by Steve Albini and read it. It's got some curse words in it, so. But take a look at it and you'll see how the world of music works and how you have to be very, very careful when you sign those deals that are out there. Here's Tom Petty, the last DJ. Rock School. Okay, last break on Rock School. Time for one more little talk about and one more little piece of music. Is that Albini thing amazing? I'm all depressed now, dude. I was going
1: to go try to be a rock star, and I (laughs) think I'll
0: just take my chances as the janitor. Let me give it to you one more time. The Problem with Music by Steve Albini, A-L-B-I-N-I. If you can find it online, it won't take you very long to read it, maybe about 15
1: minutes, but it's... Eye-opening. You obviously got to want to do it for the passion of the business. Well, there's that. And then you do want to make a living at it. Well, obviously, you, you do. You don't want to go
0: eight years. And at the end of eight years, I mean, you got to go back to push and broom. Mm-hmm. So, one more thing from Mark Ferrari's Rockstar 101. I remember when I was in, you know, the biggest band I was in was in college. And when I say big, I mean, we played bars, we played fraternities. Believe me, I'm making far more of it than it actually was. (laughs) If someone had come up to us and offered us a deal, even as bad as that one that's in the Albini thing, we'd have took it. Well, of course you would. We'd have run with it. The fact to be on a tour bus and open up for somebody we knew, we'd have run with it. Here's his statement. Look for the deals. If you take anything, you're going to get nailed. Have a lawyer involved. People who want your songs will do anything to get them, and you may get signed. The big thing he says is make sure you retain the rights to your song. Mm-hmm. Because if you're given a demo deal, they, they may very well have it in there that they look at you, demo you, and say, Now, we've decided to pass you up, but in that deal... They keep your songs. Mm-hmm. So make sure you retain the rights to your songs. And his big push is having no deal is better than having a very bad deal. Yeah, that's so cool. If you can get your hands on the book, it's great. Rockstar 101 by Mark Ferrari. And, uh, of course, a little bit of searching on the Internet helps you out as well. What a cool show, man. Yeah, that that wraps it up. Fun. That was fun. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Chad P. How about Boston? They're a rock and roll band. Class is dismissed.